Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Footy Prime, the podcast presents the Weekend Recap with Brendan Dunlop and Craig Forrest. Can you believe it? Canada, the only undefeated side left in the Oct in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. That's the world we're living in, people. You're also living in a footy prime world where we put out so much content, we don't even know what day it is. This could be our fifth show of the week, depending on when your week starts. Craig Forrest, I'm glad we've continued our Sunday evening tradition of doing a podcast. And we added watching a game together Friday night at Wongers. We did. And how much fun was that? The, my favorite part was introducing you to the Portuguese sports-watching tradition of eating tremosuj, the little lupini beans that Italians or maybe a few cakers would be aware of. You slide the lupin, lup, what, what do they call it in English? What, what do you call it? I don't know. Lupin beans? Yeah, like a chili bean. I guess. No, well, it's not a chili bean, is it? It's, um, I don't think it's a chili bean. I just don't know what the English term for it is. The Italians call it lupinis, and we call it tremosuj. Yeah. Is it going to be a new part of your sports watching tradition? Do you think you're going to add that to the chips and popcorn? Well, I'm definitely one to. I'll be looking it up later. <laughs> We've got another game to maybe uh, consume more tremosos with, buddy. Mm-hmm. Mexico will head to Edmonton, very fearful not only of the weather, but of the team that beat Costa Rica without particularly playing a great game. They didn't need to. No, um, but I think they were in control. I don't think that I didn't feel as though Costa Rica were really that much of a threat. They were looking to get out on a counters, uh, but the pace that we have, Alfonso made one run there. He recovered. I think he went past all our defenders and recovered like 60 yards. It just took the ball off. It's like, it's incredible. The pace isn't just with him either. You know, Buchanan's quick. The pace on both sides, it just ter- it terrifies him. I mean, they, right away, you can see where their game plan was, was to sit back and Try not to concede last long as they could, see if they could nick a goal, get the odd chance. And they did, but to be honest, I mean, I think Canada was always in control. And when they scored the goal, I felt that that was going to be enough. Canada hit the woodwork a couple of times. Tejan tried the spectacular, that that overhead attempt. That might have been the best goal in Canadian men's history. I if he'd put that tell in. you what, you know, it, if, if they do make Qatar, you look at some of the goals, like, uh, you know, ones, important ones, uh, Osorio at Azteca. You know, Alfonso, a very memorable goal. Yeah. And then that one. And 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 the, and the difficulty of what Buchanan did, it wasn't anything that you haven't seen before, but the difficulty became what is the distance he was away from the net. He was only seven yards away, eight yards tops. 
to try to do something like that from where the angle of the ball was, you, you've got to get your foot somehow over the equator of the ball to keep it down at any level. And obviously you got to hit it with a little bit of pace to beat the keeper. And he, the fact that he hit the bar was just spectacular. And I felt, I felt bad for him. He was sitting there on the ground. He just, he knew it was something special. <laughs> it would have been, but I mean, playing for the national team has been so special for him too, right? I mean, he's been great at club level and the revolution got a good chance of winning MLS cup. Let's be honest, earned himself a move that he was in a position to choose as well. I think that's a real power play. Mm-hmm. How many you know Canadian players in the past have had an opportunity to go overseas, actually have several opportunities to go overseas and can take their time and choose. And he chose an amazing situation, I think, in Bruges where he's allowed to finish the year with New England. Yeah. And he's going to join a team that's had come off of a, a very good Champions League campaign. Yeah. And will join them at a time where hopefully they're, you know, they're still pushing on a league in, in Belgium where they mm-hmm. can work him in and uh, continue to, to grow his development, which has yeah. just been meteoric, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how that all worked out and the decisions around that particular club or options or opportunities of playing, all these yeah, different yeah. things come into play. But I know there was other teams interested, whether they were willing to pay the amount of money that they wanted or not. But I can tell you, for one thing, West Ham had an eye on him. Now he's not with them. They knew he was talented. I mean, let's face it, there'd be a lot of clubs interested. It's just whether or not you can afford them. There's not many clubs underneath the Premier League, for instance, that aren't going to want a player like him. Right. So the interest is coming from everywhere. It's just who can afford them. And uh, where does he end up going? Where is his playing time? But he will get playing time there. It's a, it's a it's been a league that's been good for Canadians in the past. And as this team gets more and more attention, we're just talking about. Uh, you said if they qualify for Qatar, and James Sharman was pointed out with with John Herdman when we had him on last week. You know, James has a hard time picturing Canada not being in Qatar now. If uh, regardless of what happens, there will be quite a few players whose club level has improved tremendously because of how they played for Canada in this qualifying round. And another guy that I think is is next on the radar is Sam Atakubi, who's playing in, in Turkey for a team that I had to Google after playing in Norway with Valarenga, where several Canadians have played in the past. Yeah. Um, he's a player that's uh, impressed when he's been on the pitch. I know they've got a lot of depth, but when he's had his opportunities, he's shown really well since uh, since the pandemic. Really well. Really well. Like, yeah, when you look at his path playing for in, in, in Norway and, and then in Turkey, uh, he's playing at uh, a club. I think they finished the sixth in the league last year. I'm not absolutely sure. So they're a decent club. Um, and it's a decent league. We know we got Canadians playing for the champions, Besiktas, but uh, I think he's playing for a national team at a level that is higher than his club level. So when we talk to John Herdman about uh, tier one, two, three, four, Mm-hmm. where he was maybe on John's list of tiers, he might have gone up one. I'm excited about this team on so many levels, but that's also one thing that I'm really excited about is just watching all of the guys involved in this qualifying campaign have the opportunity to continue to to better and improve their careers, kind of regardless of where they are on the spectrum. I look at someone like Steven Vittorio, who's playing you know, in a relegation-threatened Portuguese side and think, can you have one more MLS kick at the can? I don't know if that's something he wants, but... Right. I'd like to see right. it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could also argue that uh, their club football has elevated uh, their national team level. Yes. I mean, let's face it. If you're coming out of Lille, you've just won the, uh, the league on France, and you're uh, 
one of the top goal scorers. You're coming out with a lot of confidence. You're you're tier one, you know, and you're coming up against CONCACAF players. And we used to do this too. You're looking at a list. Where are they playing? Like, who are we playing against here? Most of the time we, we were on paper better than most. Even John Herdman said that. But it was just getting over the hump. You've got teams, other nations fearing Canada, which, man, is really exciting. Uh, I want to talk about the U.S. And, and Mexico because obviously Mexico's up next. And Dos Azero has been added another chapter, the sixth chapter of Dos Azero for Americans to be thrilled about, having beaten Mexico 2-0. Um, those are two countries that will be still be at the top when things are all said and done after these 14 games. I would be surprised if they if they weren't. Maybe not 1-2, mm-hmm. but certainly 1-2-3. But Canada's got to be really excited at the prospect of, of facing Mexico in this situation where it feels like they're playing with house money. If they lose yeah. to Mexico, they'll be upset with themselves and they'll go to the drawing board and try and figure out why. But they've got Christmas and then not until January to you know, come back at it in the next camp. And yeah. they'll be still be very confident of the position that they're in, I think. Yeah. And what a luxury. I look at the teams, even Mexico, quite honestly, as what I've seen so far in CONCACAF qualifying, Canada's got the best squad in, the, in, in all of CONCACAF. Amazing. In my opinion. I don't care. I mean, maybe Raul when he's you know healthy and fit, but you know he broke his skull and everything else. And there was Chicharito for sure in the past and whatnot. But this particular squad is not scaring anybody. In fact, they're 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 terrified of uh, of Canada. So I've never seen a team Mexico City at Azteca sit back against many teams, let alone Canada. But when you have that pace and that danger to get in behind, uh, that's gonna. That's going to terrify any team. So it just changes just the way you you look at your your approach of a game. And there's and there's not there's you know there's many threats too, right? I mean, you got Bayern Munich, Alfonso, and then you got Lille, a top goal scorer in the league. Oh, then you got you know Buchanan on the other side, who's just absolutely killing it. And midfield is doing great. They got workhorses. They got creativity. They, they've got a defense that uh, is well organized. They've they've done a really good job in that department. To be fair, you know, I was expecting teams to create more against them, but I think it's our offense is is our best form of defense. Yeah, well said. And if, if from Costa Rica's perspective, and watching it, yeah, and, and then waiting for the counter, they showed Canada a lot of respect, which I guess the other powerhouses in CONCACAF we're used to seeing we're used to seeing teams play against Mexico that way Canada in the past have played against Mexico that way and, and many nations right but mm-hmm. it's great to be on the other side of that it's a it's great to to watch Canada have the opportunity and have earned the opportunity to be on the other mm-hmm. side of that too and earn that respect yeah we were always a, a workman-like team weren't we you know you know decent players mid-range players mostly but second division strikers but we were workmanlike, but not entertaining, ever. But we would get the odd result here and there. Saying that, I mean, we did play some good games, you know, it, it, it would be fair in the Gold Cup and then Confederations Cup. But that wasn't our thing. But you can actually watch this particular team. And then the, not only are they skilled and everything else, uh, exciting that we've never seen before. Alfonso just skating around on that AstroTurf. There's, <laughs> there's an expectation that you're, you're going to see this team do something very exciting. Whereas Canada teams in the past, you some you know there were moments where there was expectation for them to win, expectation for their performance to be better than the last, but it wasn't that mm-hmm. often where you sat down like I could be I could be thrilled 
and truly wowed today. And, and no disrespect to those players in the past. It just sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't shake out that way. Yeah. You know, we struggled from the goal scoring point of view. Like it, it was always our Achilles heel. We could defend well. We always had good defenders, Premier League defenders, Eredivisie defenders. That was our strength. Midfield, you know, defensive midfielders and playing in Scotland Rangers, you know. So that was it. But we could not create enough chances and threaten teams enough uh, to score goals. And that was our major problem. Um, And this team, that's not a problem at all. You got lots of opportunities and lots of players that want to get involved and create and, and score goals. That's that's what they're good at. Alfonso's well, only just started too. I mean, he's getting better. Isn't he? He's getting better. Yeah. He, he, he get, and he's doing things for the Canadian team that he doesn't do for Bayern. He gets in positions yeah. that he doesn't do for Bayern, which is a lot of fun for him. I'm absolutely sure of it. He's got some freedom, but he also has to learn, you know, when you know, is enough of that where I, I'm overplaying. Yeah, I need to play the ball maybe a little bit earlier instead of trying to beat five players and do and do, do that sort of thing. So when he gets good at that and his decision-making on when to pass and when not to pass and when to actually take people on, when that gets better, uh, who knows? The sky's the limit for him. I would love to hear the backroom conversations that Julian Nagelsmann has with his staff when they watch Canada play. I wonder if they've actually, at Bayern actually unloaded him before like just put him on a speed gun and just see what his top speed was i mean they did on they i mean they clocked him in a game and at the highest speed ever right in the champions league was 37 i think 37 it's been, it's been beaten if i'm not mistaken brought me up to think well how fast does usain bolt actually travel right it's about 44 kilometers an hour were you envious of our friend James Sharman, who traveled to Edmonton to see this game in person, in the flesh, in the as a non rights holder? Yeah, <laughs> working for the Empire, the non rights holding Empire. Yeah, and that's and we're not talking about footy prom. We're talking about sports night here. <laughs> oh, I think the people know. Yeah, I wasn't envious. Yeah, I'm much happier Eden Tremosu's watching the game with you and and Juan. You know what? It was great. It was great. I got some buddies going out, flying out. Former. Uh, Players that play for Canada, Peter Sarantopoulos, uh, John Fitzgerald played U20 World Cup with me, um, trying to convince me to go out. But, you know, we're doing, you can't really do much there more than you can do here. Interviews are mostly done on on Zoom and things like that. So you're not really going to get in close contact, and nor would I want my players in close contact with, with anybody if they didn't have to be. But saying that, he texts me and he says, only John could convince me that this was a good idea going 3,000 kilometers across the country, um, taking three days off, spending a few thousand bucks in Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the beauty of Zoom, as you mentioned, is that we can can go to Edmonton right now and it's not going to cost us anything. You can stay in your condo and I can stay in in my middle bedroom. So I've been wanting to do this for a long time, Gregor, and I'm very excited we can finally do a a collaboration. There's there's another podcast out there that you, you may have found on your audio stream but chances are if you are younger you found them on twitch or on tiktok uh, as did i so welcome in from the 90th minute brett and lucas out in edmonton we've, we've crossed the country without having to lug our luggage like james Sharman. I, I like this scenario a little better boys because i can i can be in my own comfortable domain 
Well, you're lucky because today it's starting to snow. So <laughs> we're welcoming the Mexican fans and the Mexican team with a little Canadian flair here. <laughs> well, that's what we want to see. We want to see as much snow as we can. Although they got a cover on the pitch. We saw that last night. So it'll be covered, obviously. But for, you know, I uh, hear the wind chill is going to be chilly at about what, minus 16, perhaps. Oh, my God. Worse than I thought. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine that. Lucas, well, you guys were all there. All, all six of you uh, were in Commonwealth up at, uh, you were near the halfway line from what I saw yeah. on TikTok, am I right? Yeah, technically like the nosebleed seats, but like center pitch. Uh, to be honest, I enjoy a view like that because you can see everything that's going on and you kind of can see things that you can't really see on TV, which is really great uh, experiencing a live match like that. In Europe, those are the more expensive seats. That's how the, the price point works in, in Europe. I got. Oh. I, I thought I was getting the you know nice mid bowl uh, lower level tickets to the Champions League. I saw um, Sporting Lisbon play Legia Warsaw, and I'm walking up like, oh, we're in the second deck. I'm like, oh, we're above the midway point in the second deck at this price point. And all, I'm sitting up there with just geeks or people with with formation pages <laughs> and they're, they're like notebooks everywhere. I'm like, wait, a second, I'm in the scouting section. Every, everyone was was just seeing the view of the pitch as you mentioned. So. Did that make it colder? I think initially it was a little warmer, and then we got to our seats and we're like, "Okay, this is this is what they were talking about—the tundra here." It was. Uh, it started to come in right around the fifteen-minute mark, I think. Oh, is that right? Eh, you, you actually oh, noticed yeah. it. Oh yeah, for sure, and it it was certainly a little gradual. And as soon as you got out into the pitch area, it was a little more calm. You went up the stairs and it just gradually got a little bit nippier. That's that's probably the best way to put it. it was nippy. now in your area, guys, where you guys were sitting, were were people standing up at all? Were they chanting? I know that they had the section over on the probably the far left side from where you guys were, um, the Voyagers, and they those guys were all standing up. But uh, I saw a lot of people generally sitting. I don't know what it was like in your section. Yeah, we had we had a great crew like je- right behind us, probably behind us to the right, who were just. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they could hear them from the eighty second row. Um, around us, nobody was really standing, but when the goals were happening and there was some action going on, people started to get up and chants were going. But it was a little mm. bit. It was slow to start. It was a slow burn, and then people started to get into it a little bit. I think you know with the with the North American audience guys, you you just tend to. We have lived in a culture where we go to sporting events and there's a big screen that tells you when to cheer, mm. and coming out of commercial breaks. And but in football internationally, people seem to have a an understanding that they're they're actually they're part of the atmosphere of the events. You know, they they just understand that uh, a lot more than they do in Canada generally. I'm not certainly criticizing fans in Edmonton because you've been brilliant for years and years with our national team, but it's just a, there's a difference there. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we do chance, like sometimes they die pretty early, especially earlier in the game. Well, earlier in the game was pretty good, but then yeah, after like 10, 15 minutes, some chance died a little earlier. So there's some chance that some people didn't know, like other than like the general go Canada go or things like that. There's not really a, was that ringing around a lot? Go Canada, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go Canada, go Canada. Okay, Canada. Well, it's it's been a minute, and it is you know distinctly a football stadium. Obviously, it's it's not it's not built for for European football, so I I can understand that a little bit. But mm-hmm. I have a feeling that most of the crowd was red and white. 
as opposed to some of the crowds that Craig's played in front of in other places and that we saw in Toronto uh, when Honduras and El Salvador were here. Very much so. There were, I think we saw just kind of littered around or spread around more would probably be a proper way to put it was, would be Costa Rican fans. I think there was maybe one group in the section next to us. And then other than that, we kind of, it was mostly all just Canadian hockey jerseys, mostly, but Canadian jerseys. <laughs> I'll take that. It's red and white, right, Craig? Yeah, it's red and white. Yeah, It's exactly. interesting, you know, when you, when you think of the, the actual world cup in itself and it's, the biggest event on earth. It's doesn't nothing even comes close to it. And it's hard to, I think Canadians to understand that, that, you know, how big that match was or how big the Mexican mm-hmm. match is that they're going to potentially go to the biggest show on earth. Like, I mean, it's trying to explain people how many billion stars there are in the sky. It's just, they can't comprehend it. And yet they're witnessing something that is really, really quite magical for Canada. Lucas, do you think you could compartmentalize that when you were there? That you were watching one of your own? It was like pretty surreal, like especially with Alphonse Davies, like seeing him there, hometown guy coming back, and like seeing him train, like or like in the warm up. Normally, like you see the footballers live on your television, like they make everything look so easy. But when you see it live, especially in the warm up, where like they're just doing these fancy flicks or even just controlling the ball as easily as they do, or like hitting a spring, a long pass to the other side of the pitch, it's just like. It looks simple, but it's, they make it look even more easier than it really is because that type of stuff is obviously really tough. Yeah, and and also we we're bringing into account that the pitch was terrible. I mean that that surface is how old? Do you guys have any idea how many years that's been in there? Because the new ones are, you know, they're they're okay, and Costa Rica also play on artificial as well, but yeah. not that bad, I would imagine. I'm not sure exactly how long it's it's been in there. Uh, I remember way before when there used to be a like a racetrack going around all the way the all the way around the the stadium or the field. The there. old Olympic racetrack. Yeah, just because it was for the Commonwealth Games, or they made yeah yeah used it for the Commonwealth Games. And I mm-hmm. I remember when they tore it up, and it seemed kind of even sketchy back then. Around I guess late 2010s, really or late 2000s rather. And it was, it wasn't really great then. And I can see why, I guess, before a pitch that's on turf and a frozen, as it's getting colder too. Mm-hmm. And you could notice as well when players were going down, they weren't exactly staying on the ground for too long either. I hope they changed that pitch sooner than 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, World Cup coming, hopefully coming soon. And, and with the amount of people who could be coming to Edmonton, not only the pitch, but I think the area around it really needs a, a whole refurbishing even. Yeah. We used to play on grass there. It was never artificial when Ooh. we ever played there. Really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And it was always a decent surface. I don't know why they came to the decision. Um, maintenance reasons. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be maintenance. And sharing it with a, with a football team who's the main operator, right? The Elks would be the main yeah. operator. And even well, when as soon as you got on, you could still see like the thirty yard line, the twenty yeah. yard line. That they old MLS scraped feel. it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. kind of scraped it. They're like, eh, good to go. Yeah, <laughs> I see. With the new the new technology, like you see at BMO Field in Toronto, the paint that they use is a special paint that literally, when they wipe it off, you could not see it. You could literally yeah. not see yeah. any of it. Not a shade. 
the way things are going in Edmonton, uh, depending on how cold it is on Tuesday against Mexico, <laughs> maybe they'd be lobbying that that's the new home of the Canadian men's national team again, depending on how cold things get against Mexico on Tuesday. Are you prepared for minus 15 degrees? Oh, I'm going to have to prepare a bit more. Uh, I thought I dressed warm, but by the end, my feet were getting a little chilly. <laughs> They're from uh, so- there. Brendan, they're from there for goodness sake. They know all this stuff. It doesn't mean they're psychos. It doesn't mean they're ready to be outside. We're borderline psychos. Isn't that, nobody likes the cold. No. Nobody likes the cold, right? No. No, even when, because uh, all of us took the train independently uh, somehow, but we all took the train. I remember when I got off, I was wearing a sweater, two, uh, another shirt underneath, my Fonzie jersey over top, and a Canada flag. And I, as soon as I got off the train, I went, and I'm cold. <laughs> we only have four more hours hey, of this. How, e- how easy is it to find a uh, Alfonso jersey in Edmonton these days? Almost non-existent. Almost non. Yeah. I used to work at a, a, a jersey store that I mentioned with uh, Brendan on our channel here. But uh, just on Tuesday or just on Thursday, rather, they had 13 people asking for an Alfonso, uh, Alfonso Davies jersey by noon. And they don't even have them. They have to send them to other stores. They don't even get them sent there unless it's a World Cup. And they don't even get Canada jerseys. Yeah, that's got to change, man. <laughs> yeah. we, we have I, wonder, that I wonder who that's on. Is that, I mean, is that on Nike? Nike? Yeah, I mean, it has to I would be. say the distributors. from Distributors. And there's a distribution problem going on as it is. And I, I, I got to think that that plays a factor as well. I hope it does because I think it's yeah, a federation you, thing. I would order a hundred thousand of those bloody but things. I think it's a combination of the partner and the federation. So the federation is not pushing, Hey, get, get a million made because we know like alone we can sell them. Then it doesn't happen. Well, yes. So, and it gets, well, it gets lost in the global, in the global shuffle where like Nike makes only as many as they know they're going to sell. But Nike Canada, those are the ones that are guys that are making the decisions on what they think is going to be sold. I mean, what did they do with the Olympic te- women's team? What happened there? The women, the oh, women's yeah. teams, after they won the gold medal, they could actually go online and buy a men's jersey, but they couldn't get a woman's jersey. Yeah, that's well, like Luke, I think it was Lucas who actually pointed it out while we were at the match. Uh, there was the the uh, store just to the, I guess east side or north side of the stadium and people were constantly filling in getting jerseys coming out even when the match was starting it was still there were still people getting stuff at the store because it, i i don't want to assume that this is why but it's just not readily available around here granted yeah. it might have been the beer <laughs> yeah that too that too want to spend a little more you know you're in the wrong line <laughs> yeah. right. it could have been the beer <laughs> See, but that's the other beautiful thing that you guys got from watching that high-level international game in Edmonton. You could have a beer in the stands. That's not the case in much of the rest of the world. That yeah. Champions League game I described, I thought, I thought maybe the Champions League would be different. I could, I could actually get a beer. Nope, not, not during the match time. I could, I could get a non-alcoholic beer. They're big on their Heineken Cero, but that's yeah. it. <laughs> you that's know why, it. though? You know why, eh? I know why. We, so, we, we saw why near the end of the game when a few fans... <laughs> run on the field because they got bevies in them what was that all about they were pretty dynamic i'm not gonna lie well (laughs) we didn't see it on camera i mean we saw one near the bench but that was yeah there was like one in the dugout 
and then uh, the one a security guard tackled a guy. <laughs> I don't know if that. So I've, like these CFL players, we know they got to work second jobs. Obviously, this guy is a line, <laughs> linebacker. And he's working security for, for the, the Canada games. Or something. Yeah, no the the first one. I, the first one came on, and it was kind of weird. It was almost like Commonwealth wasn't ready for it, but they came on, and the one that was over by the dugout was almost looking for Fonzie, looking for photo, like just one of those rand or those normal ones that you see where they'll run up to Ronaldo with a selfie, and yeah, yeah. it was kind of like that. And then yeah, he was young, wasn't he? Somebody said yeah, he was quite, yeah, he was yeah. quite young. He came on, he couldn't find him, so he just darted, grabbed the corner flag, and ran. And put the corner oh, flag right back down, and he got away. He got away. <laughs> got away. Impressive. Oh, yeah. Got deked one of the security guards. and He's right been watching up. Fonzie. He's been watching Fonzie <laughs> drop on the shoulder. Exactly. It's a little inspiration. I tell you, Instagram is the problem. They celebrate. I see all these ones of these fans running on, finding Neymar. The Neymar hugs him, takes the photo, and <laughs> yeah. ensures that the child doesn't get tackled by security. This is the problem. Now, in yeah. Edmonton, we've got... We've got the same thing going on. Yeah, got to run them into the boards like the one one security. Yeah. So how <laughs> many were there in total? Um, I think at least three. Yeah, at least three. Yeah. Because I saw the players yeah. were going like, guys, like, like, don't do this because what happens is FIFA's both well, you know fines could be suspensions. Like it could be bad. You just yeah, it could be. You know, it's hard. It's hard in Canada to be dangerous because we're just not. Especially with the <laughs> FIFA officials coming for the Mexico game. That'll be exciting. It will be, yeah. But hopefully that doesn't happen as well next no. time. Right? Like, like you said, Greg, the sanctions could be yeah. kind of yeah. ugly. The officials are supposed to come until they see the weather and realize they can't. <laughs> they can't go. This is not like Toronto. You go garage to garage from the condo to the ACC without a jacket. Like these yeah. guys are going to have to move outside to you know to huddle into their uh, heated suite. I'm assuming that they've got a a nice heated suite at the 50 yard line. Yeah, it's not the Bavarian Alps. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's definitely that. not that. Uh, I want to end on this, guys, because I know that your uh, your platform and your reach is it's far beyond Canada. You get a lot of people who find you on TikTok internationally and wonder why these American guys like soccer and why you guys are experts with your American accents and all that. Have you found recently that because you've talked, I'm assuming, talked a lot more about Canada and Fonzie in general, that you're getting... Uh, a reaction from people who are at least more curious or want to have more conversations about what's happening in Canada? Have you noticed a shift in that sense? I definitely think so. I think uh, we we played a Kahoot game recently where... Uh, a it was Kahoot all, game? Just, yeah, Kahoot. It's, it, we're able to have a game with our uh, fans or in the chat. Oh, okay. And we were able to send it out, send it out and we kind of played a, a little trivia. It's basically just trivia. And so we, we made a Canadian football trivia game with them. And a Scottish, uh, one of our Scottish fans came second. And are con- they're constantly commenting, saying, hey, we're Scottish. Hey, we're English. And we hope you qualify and stuff like that. It's really cool to see from elsewhere and especially the UK as well. Maybe we should get you guys on our show to do a do one of these just for us with yeah. people that don't know anything about the game. It's great. Absolutely. There you go. Brilliant. That'd be a well, lot of fun. That would be awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Let everybody know where we can find you. And uh, what are you doing next, Lucas? What do you got another watch party coming up that when you guys come back or when uh, the club season comes back? We're obviously going to go to the game on uh, Tuesday. But yeah, we're going to get back to um, well, streaming on Twitch at the 90th Minute Official. We'll be posting some more stuff related to to the sport on our um, the 90th Minute Extra Time YouTube channel. 
and maybe the ninth minute channel as well. We have two separate channels. It's a bit confusing to some. Awesome. And TikTok. <laughs> uh, and also continue to post on TikTok as well at the 90th minute. There you go. Brilliant. That's where I find you guys, found you guys. I'm very happy that I did. So thanks for coming uh, on 40 Prime, boys. Yeah, thanks Thank for having you. us. Uh, thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it, guys. We'll have you on again soon, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you don't die in the cold on Tuesday. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Wear your long johns. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah. We're going to be, I'm going to have shorts on. I'm going to have pants over top of the shorts and shorts over top of that. And we're going to be cheering on Fonzie <laughs> from the 76 row. And they're going to, well, if you run on the field, we'll recognize you. I know what I'm Shorts exactly. under pants with shorts on top, man. I, you sound like a real Berta boy. Hey, you'll yeah, get a lot a- of TikTok t- uh, hits for that. You might go to <laughs> yeah. prison, but. <laughs> about the views nowadays i'm just glad one of those guys running on the field against costa rica wasn't you guys because I, I there was one i saw ginger and i was like oh god it's liam oh god it's liam i thought they were in the second deck how did he get there <laughs> the field would have been thundering then <laughs> <laughs> thanks boys enjoy tuesday we'll talk to you soon thank you yeah. thank you so much thanks. Yeah. yeah thanks for having us i'm glad we got to speak to those boys for us uh, they got a lot of good things going on and uh and i think we should copy their their watch party idea i think we should we should do some watch parties we can do some watch parties with them too those guys are great on youtube yeah sounds good yeah. They- you know it's isn't it interesting how you know with these you know, young guys and girls that can create this content that's entertaining and engaging and and people love it and uh i'm all for it i thought uh you know they're great and all the best to them. It's also a great time that they can integrate some Canadian, great Canadian soccer into their content, which is awesome. Good timing. I knew how excited they were to be at that game too. And, uh, you know, nearly 50,000 people were there in minus two degree weather and nearly 50,000 people will be there in minus 15 degree weather. Hopefully. I really hope that that doesn't take away that the cold temperature doesn't take away from um, that experience too much. And certainly doesn't take away from the atmosphere. It won't take, have you seen gray cups from Edmonton before? Good point. Yeah, good point. Maybe maybe I'm being, you know, In colder weather than that. Maybe I'm being glass half empty, you know, just fearful pessimist. Yeah, you're right. I think there'll be people sitting probably just bundled up trying to stay warm, but they're used to it. It's Edmonton. They it's, their, they, it's nothing new to them. It happens every year. <laughs> I tell you what is new though. This Mexico team that they're playing against, that game against the states, from what I saw, I tell you, Mexico look a shell or you can look at the other side and the american media were very happy to say this that uh that's the strongest the americans have ever been uh mm. and from what i from what i took honestly that might be the best game they played under greg berhalter they really yeah. looked a unit they really looked a team and defensively they may just have found their center back pairing in walker zimmerman and miles robinson and since yeah. aguchiano yewu and omar gonzalez they haven't had a pair that struck fear in opposing defenses, but Real uh, offenses, but Raul Jimenez and company couldn't get anything going. No, you know, the Mexican side, well, both the U.S. and Mexico have been really inconsistent. They've had some really bad results, bad performances, uh, maybe not so much for results. Well, yeah, some results. I mean, in Mexico drawing with Canada at home, they wouldn't see that as a good result. Sure. The Mexican fans would not be happy with them sitting back against a team like Canada. There's also a lot of pressure on the coaching staff there, as there always is in Mexico. So there's that. And then after coming off that loss, they have to come up to the, the tundra and play on a, a, a pitch that's frozen plastic. It's, really, it's, it's not as bad as Jamaica, but it's, it's, uh, it's bad. 
I wonder what the what the crowd will be like in the sense of you know will it still be ninety five percent Canadian, or will there be some more Mexican support that filters in there? Um, because mm-hmm. it was a pretty pro U.S. crowd in Cincinnati. I mean, they love Ohio. Oh, it, this is the thing. I mean, even in some of the games we played at Edmonton, if there was only say twelve thousand in the stadium, right? Uh-huh. The the away support is still more vocal and more noticed. But even if the Canadian crowd is quieter, you got the Voyagers in the corner. They're going to make a certain amount of noise, and you got fifty thousand people. You're gonna you're going to outnumber the away support in a big way that you're probably going to drown them out, you know, unless they're organized, but I don't think they, uh, they should be organized. I mean, the CSA shouldn't give them a section or anything. That's for sure. No. Well, the Mexican team on the pitch isn't organized. Tell you that much. They sure, they sure don't look it for, for Mm -hmm. as tactical as we know Tata Martino can be. And, uh, when he's had, well, even when he's, I was going to say when he's had players, you know, Barcelona level players, it's worked out well, but even with, Atlanta United, it, it worked out very well. His his rigidness, but something's broken with that with that Mexican team. I mean, look at them still at the top of the standings, and and I don't think there's any doubt that they won't finish in the top three. Um, but mm-hmm. they are beatable, uh, and they yeah. are vulnerable, and that's exciting for Canada, who's got them on Tuesday. Tell you what, there. I mean, if you think that this Mexican team would qualify in any of those European groups, I doubt it. No. Well. Thanks for taking me there because uh, I thought that Portugal were a lock to be, you know, punch their ticket to Qatar. Portugal won, Serbia two. Uh, Portugal are on the outside looking in of automatic qualification. They have to go down the treacherous road that they know so well of playoff qualifications. Mm. My God, they don't make it easy, man. That's all Ronaldo needs is a couple more games. Mind you, you'll probably get a couple more goals. Didn't have a shot against Serbia. No. Not a single shot. That's a rarity for him. The Messiah is starting to dip. <laughs> well, I think Serbia's got their own Messiah. Fulham have uh, in Mitrovic. The guy oh can't God. stop actually, scoring goals. I actually watched a Fulham game. Don't ask me why, but I did. You know why I did it? Because Craven Cottage. There's something about watching football at Craven Cottage. kind of cool. Special place. I've been there. I saw Villa, Villa Fulham home and away, but Craven Cottage is a special place. Yeah. And she used to play there, eh? Yeah. When... Uh, Mohammed uh, Al Fayyad owned it. Oh, okay. They got rid of that Michael Jackson statue that he put up there. Yeah. So I, will, I went looking for it when I was there. Remember that? <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story about that. Michael Jackson came to a game. Okay. Mohammed Al Fayyad, he brings Michael Jackson to a game. He brings him into the dressing room to meet, meet the lads, right? And he's like, lads, put your dicks away. Jacko is in the house. This is what he said. Oh, wow. Uh, you wonder why he was friends with him, though. He's like, what are you doing, man? You're giving away my secrets. <laughs> oh, man. You never met Michael Jackson, though, did you? No, he wasn't really a football fan. <laughs> no, I can imagine. But you've hung around some swanky establishments and some keen places that a lot of other regular yeah, Canadian types wouldn't have been able to. Guys, I can't even remember their names. There's a Star Trek guy. I don't know. There's yeah, lots of, lots of people, different people at games. Actors, I mean the East, East uh, or East Ham, West Ham area. Um, you know, like Frank Bruno, the boxer, and, and even Lennox Lewis was born in that area of London. So uh, we're better known for the Cray Twins, West Ham, right? The the Cray and the, and, the, and Steve Harris, the guitarist for Iron Maiden, was actually a youth player at um, West Ham United, and to to this day. 
is a massive West Ham fan. We used to go over and party at his house. And on his guitar, he's got uh, the West Ham colors, the claret, and the whole whole deal. Love it. Love it, man. Uh, I'm glad that we're able to do this again and keep doing these uh, Sunday night. If you haven't listened to our interview with Canadian head coach John Herdman or Jonathan Osorio, TFC and Canadian midfielder, uh, go listen to it. They're mm-hmm. on YouTube. You can watch uh, the whole 40-minute chats. Both of them were very candid and open. I know mm-hmm. that uh, you know John Herdman is a very colorful and descriptive guy, but I, I really loved some of the conversations that we got to and, uh, and the, the way he spoke about things that I've heard him talk about before, but he was talking about yeah. them in completely different ways. I, I, I learned a lot from that. You know what we're going to do, Diane? We're going to do Beth Priestman, and we've got her lined up uh, shortly and right. uh, when she's available. And uh, by all accounts, she's just as brilliant as John. Um, and really looking forward to it. And remember, they're from the same town. So you're going to give her the On same set. quiz? You, On are you set. Gonna, are you going to run through the same questions, or are you going to write you know up what? a new quiz? I should maybe do that. Like Not the same ones, because I'm sure she's probably looked at it. You think she listened? Well, otherwise she wouldn't agree. Otherwise she wouldn't agree. Don't you think? You might want to check it out. What you're getting yourself into, but I'm sure John told her. Turn it up for the quiz only. Say, yeah, come up with different questions and see if you know, um, who is it? Uh, Concept. Yeah. Better than John did. There you go. Brilliant. John knew a few things. He was a good sport about it. He was, a, he was a really good sport about it. And I like that that's your thing now. You're the quiz master, Craig Forrest. <laughs> Love it. We're a content machine, buddy. We're not on the, uh, as you told the boys, we're not on the Tic Tac. We, we, we can throw up some more Tic Tac content, perhaps. We'll chop some of this. Stuff. Not yet. We are on Tic Tac, actually. You can find us at Footy Prime, the podcast. Oh. But it, it's, it's I, I can't manage it as well. It's like, it's the same videos that show up on Instagram, trying to, mm. to catch on, on Tic Tac. So uh, please, if, if you found us because of the 90th minute, you can give Footy Prime the podcast a follow on TikTok and Instagram, and write us a review if you're new to us too. And a lot of not a lot of new listeners um, have found us because of those interviews. We very much appreciate you spending your evenings with us, or your mornings, or your commutes, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And if there's anybody that anybody wants in particular to uh, us to to try to talk to an interview, uh, let us know. Drake, can you get Drake for we'll us? We'll tell you, Alfonso is uh, you know we're we're working on it it's before you even drop his name, but. How about Drake? Can you get us Drake for us? After calling him a jock sniffer? Probably not. No, you know what? I don't know. I think he'd be a sport about it. I mean, let's face it. He is. (laughs) I think he'd be a sport about it. You have to admit it. Better chance of getting him, you know, by uh, showing off that uh, we're affiliated with you than, than getting the weekend. I feel like the weekend doesn't give a shit about sports. No, and I like the weekend better than Drake. We won't say that. We won't let anybody know that, though. I like that we get to do this every weekend, buddy. So thank you for doing it, and uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.